the thing to know and not forget is that the mission of the church absolutely matters. Our kids see it. They know it. Um, they're, they're immersed in it. Um, did you know that we had, uh, Haley shared some numbers, but, but I want to just because we had 147 adults serving in the community. That equates to, because most of them did, or some of them did multiple days, or however it worked, and you know what, we are so grateful for anybody that served and could serve any amount of time, but because some people were able to do three days, two days, multiple days, we ended up, with just adults, we ended up um, with 320 service days, the equivalent of 320 service days in the community. Uh, and then you add our kids, our, our, our teenage kids, and even our Colsons, and kids like Colson who are like, well, yeah, why wouldn't I help? You know, people need help. We love God. Why wouldn't we do this? So I can pick up. So we had kids out there working. That means, that means well over a year's worth of volunteer prayer and service and missionary work was poured into the community over the course of three days because we were obedient because the mission of the church matters. Okay, and so let, we're going to jump in here and I'm going to share something with you and it's going to be quick, I promise. Um, and, and we're going to start here. This is where we ended last week. Last week, we ended with this text in Matthew 5.16 as we worked our way through um, the, the passage about salt and light in the Beatitudes. And, and we ended with this. In the same way, and this is in the same way as letting your light shine um, so that a city can be seen, a city on a hill, not hiding it to make it dark. It'd be like putting a, a light in a lighthouse and then covering it up. And it's like Jesus is like, man, that's a bad idea right? It says, in the same way, you Christian, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that, and this is the critical part, this is the thing that sets us apart from good service organizations, and we love good service organizations. We are not mad at good service organizations. We like them. You know, the, the Shriners, AmeriCorps, Kiwanis, Salvation Army, well, Salvation Army is different. Red Cross, you know, I'm missing some, I know, there's lots, but Lions Club, there you go. Like, I, I, is that the one you're in? Yeah, I don't want to skip it. Like, we love them. We love those service organizations. They are fantastic. The thing that necessarily must set us apart from them is this. We will let our good deeds shine out, not so that people will say, man, those guys are great but so that everyone will praise our Heavenly Father. Everything we do as a church, and I know that we will struggle with this internally and with pride. I struggle with this internally and with pride. It's something I give to God on a regular basis because I am so proud of Blessed Hope Church in the way that it moves in the community and the way it's about the love of Christ. That it's, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I'm so proud of the church and the things. No, 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 no. Yeah, and, and that's fine. But what I really am is I am proud of the way that we share the gospel of grace with people that need to know Jesus Christ. And I tell you this all the time, and I'll remind you now why this is critical. Because hell is real. And because people that we love and live with and serve with and people that we are neighbors with and people that we sit on our PTA with and people that we go to work with, well-meaning, good-intentioned people that we love that are separate from the grace of God because they have not accepted and followed Jesus Christ, 
that there is a reality for them that is not good. And so we are on mission, and the mission matters. We are on mission to let our good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise our Heavenly Father. Okay? That's why we do what we do. Make no mistake about what we tried to accomplish over three days. It was not so that we could sit back until next June and do it again. It was so that we could let it serve as a catalyst to push us forward into continual work, whether it's through your small groups, whether it's through your individual family, or whatever it is. So I'm going to challenge you now. I'm going to challenge you now. We have six months left in the year, and I would love it if you and your family, or just you if, if your family doesn't want to play along, I would love it if you would be intentional in outreach and letting your good deeds shine so that everyone will see and praise your heavenly father um, at least. And, and I want you to do that every day with the way that you talk and the way that you interact and all of that. But I'm, I'm talking about like, you know what? We are making an intentional plan to go out and serve, whether it's I'm going to pick up somebody and take them to lunch because I know they're lonely. And maybe it's, you know what? I'm going to come around side and I'm going to help you do some yard work because I know that you know, you're widowed and you can't, and I want to pour into you. It doesn't matter what it is. And, but I'm going to encourage you to do one of those every month for the rest of the year. That's starting next month. You've got six months before the year's out. And I'm thinking that, that you know, usually we have about 200 and some folks here on a Sunday morning. And if, if 200 and some folks not only were able to let their light shine through faith and action so that people would see their good deeds and praise their, their heavenly father, but if they would continue to do that over the course of this next year, that, oh my goodness, God would get some glory and he would start to get recognized for who he is and people would start to respond to him. And then just maybe we would see a revival happen where there is nobody, and this is, by the way, this is the vision of the church that you signed on to when you said, I want to be a part of this church, that nobody in this county, nobody in this city, nobody in this county is not familiar with the name of Jesus Christ. That there is nobody that calls this place home that has an excuse of, I never heard about that guy. I mean, what would that be like if, if all of a sudden everybody had to wrestle with Jesus? Boy, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> Wrestling with Jesus ministry team. This is the better way to say it, but you understand what I'm saying. If everybody in town had to start to, to, to come to grips with the person of Jesus because they knew and they'd seen and their father in heaven had been glorified. And there was nothing to do besides recognize him and know that he's real and know that he's on the throne. And they can reject him if they want, but they do so on their own. Not because nobody told them. Not because they didn't know. The challenge for you is not to be done. This is why there's encouragement. If you couldn't participate for whatever reason, the encouragement is we're still going. We're still moving. We're still pushing ahead. And it's because of this truth. 2 Corinthians 3, we're just going to look through about four verses here, and we're going to do it at a breakneck pace. 2 Corinthians 3.3 3 says this, Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter uh, is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. This, by the way, is what you are. Paul's writing this to the church. You are the church. 
So when Paul makes this statement about the church and individuals in it, he is making the statement about anyone here who claims to be a Christ follower. If you are here and you are saying, I am a Christ follower, then this statement is true about you. And it starts with this word clearly, which I love, because you know what the word clearly means when you break it down into its original context? It means clearly. Right? The word clearly simply means this. There is no doubt about it. It's clear. So it starts with clearly you are a letter from Christ. There is no doubt in our mind when we look at you that you are a letter from Christ. We'll talk about a letter from Christ in a minute, but, but this idea of clearly simply meaning this. There is nothing about you that confuses the issue. This is where we live, in this realm where we say as Christians who are letting our light shine for others to see so that they will give glory to our God in heaven and they will know him and they will submit to him and they will follow him and they will experience infinite joy for all of eternity because they are in heaven. And all of that happens because clearly in you and clearly in me, we see this idea that we are a letter from Christ. It is clear. Is it perfect? Oh my goodness, no. But is it clear? Sure. Is it moving? Sure. And what God is asking you to do here, what he's calling you, what he's saying you are about, is that you are clearly a letter from Christ. There is no confusion. And you know how this works. This works when you win every day. See, Vince, Vince always talks about this with our youth and our kids, that the way to win a generation is to win a day. That his goal is to partner with parents and families to win a generation to Christ. And the generation is the one coming, the one that Nicole talked about, the one that's on its way, right? Because those kids are watching. Well, how do we win a generation? Well, you know what we do? We break it down, right? We win Sunday. We win every week with them. We win Wednesday nights. We help parents win at home every day. It's not this grand thing. See, all of us sitting here are like, yeah, man, when the grand thing comes, I am all in. I am ready to tackle the big thing. Well, the only way that you're legitimately ready to tackle the big thing is when you win the little things every day. See, this is why as a church, we, we, always, we always point out that, that holiness is a step by step process that we can't carve things out of holiness. As a church, this is why we always talk about the fact that we are forever plugging in, that we are ever moving, because you can't carve those things out. You have to win every day. You're always on mission. You take every thought captive to Christ. First Corinthians 5 tells us that you take every thought captive to Christ. And when you take every thought captive, then it transforms who you are and you start to move. And then when everybody looks at you, they say, clearly, that person is with Jesus. When people saw us working, it was clear. When you talk to somebody that was working, I mean, let's face it, that was nasty work and it was hot and it was humid and it was gross and it was sunny and some of you were sunburned, some of you fell off ladders. Talk to Dave about it later. He's fine. It was not great work. For most of us, that's not work we do every day. And for those of us that do that kind of work frequently, 
they didn't even get to do that work because they had to keep answering questions for those of us that don't do that work every day. But everybody did it with a glad heart. Everybody did it with passion. Everybody did it because it is clear what, was, what it was about. And so that's what Paul starts with. He says, clearly, there is no confusion about this. This is the life that we are to live. This is what we get to celebrate now, and this is what we get to strive for pushing forward, that there is no doubt when people look at us that we are clearly a letter from Jesus Christ. And, and a letter, think about this, this, this idea of a letter. This is intimate. This is an intimate thing. You are this intimate connection that God wants to use for other people. So that word for letter there, you know what that word is? It's the word for epistle. When you look through the Bible, the epistles are the letters that are written to the church. Second Corinthians is an epistle. Okay? So this is, this is Paul. He sits down, and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he writes this letter, and he sends it to the church, and it's good for edification and instruction and to teach and to correct and to rebuke and to bring them up, and it does those things. And, and that's why we say that, that we believe every single word of the Bible. It is God's word, and we follow it, and that's what we teach, and that's what we preach, and that's what we encourage you to do. Right? And so he sends this out, but the word there is epistle. So basically what Paul is saying here is clearly you are an epistle. You are a letter from Christ authored by the Holy Spirit who has done something in your heart. You are this letter from Christ. And, and so basically what this means, and I, I mean, I, I hate to be overly dramatic, but I'm prone to drama. It means that you are the only or at least the first Bible that some people are ever going to read. You are the first Bible that some people are ever going to read. You are a letter from Christ, written by Christ. And he has put you in a position to share your life, that letter with other people. That's what it is. When you love well, when you minister well, when you serve well, when you make yourself second and God and others first, then you are doing exactly what you were designed to do. And when you do it clearly, you are an epistle. So here's the, the call I have for you. Man, be a good translation. Be a good translation. You know there are a lot of translations of the Bible out there, right? And some of them are awesome. And some of them are crappy. Be a good translation. If you are the first Bible that some people are going to see, be a good translation. It's one of the things that I appreciated so much about the work that we were doing and the attitude of so many folks is we, we uh, I, I prayer walked a la carte. And that was great, man. I don't, I don't think, if you've never done that, I mean, I, I want you to know that that is not trite. That is not, God is good, God is great, let us thank him for this food, amen. We wrestled with God for marriages. We wrestled with God for families. We wrestled uh, for, for uh, people that are stuck in poverty. We wrestled that, that, that people 
would, would uh, come alongside. I mean, if you lived in a neighborhood and we know where you live, we prayed for you specifically, but not just that God would bless you and that that would be great. We prayed that you would be the church to the people in your neighborhood. If we drove by your house and we saw that you were there, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Sarah and Ethan Miles. Um, we prayed very specifically for Sarah and Ethan because the house next to them is for sale and a house is being built across the street. And so we prayed a blessing on them and their marriage and their family, and we did so specifically before God so that when that family moves in next door and when the new people move in across the street, that there will be no doubt in their mind that Etha and Sarah's light shines for God in heaven and that they would do what they're supposed to do. No pressure, guys. <laughs> and if we know where you lived, we prayed the exact same thing for you in your neighborhood. I mean, that was serious work, but I pray, I, we, we did the prayer carding in the morning, um, and, and then in the afternoon, I went over to Gloria Stevenson's house where, where a group was working, and it was nasty work, hot, scraping paint and doing some stuff, and it was hard work, and you know what? Nobody was complaining. People were laughing, and people were having fun, and people were joking, and one more time, just because I like to say it, Dave fell off a ladder. <laughs> He's fine. But you know what he did? He got up and he kept working. But, but here's the thing, guys. Those people were good translations. They could have just as easily done the work and grumbled and complained and whined and had a bad attitude about all of it and then they would have been a bad translation, but they worked over there. You know, um, somebody said about Randy and Sue laying floor, you know, I don't know that I was ever over at that house, the, the uh, Clemens house, that I didn't see Randy on his hands and knees putting floor in. Like three straight days on his hands and knees putting floor in. Never heard him complain. Right? I, that is a good translation. Don't be a bad translation. Right? But here's what he says. He says, clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the results of our ministry among you. This letter, it's not written with pen and ink, but it's written with the spirit of the living God, and it's not carved on stone tablets, but on human hearts. This is the thing that you need to understand. This letter, it's not written on paper like the rest of the New Testament was. It's not even carved on stone like the Ten Commandments were. This letter, the letter that you are, the letter that we as a church are, who we are, it is written on human hearts. Take a look at this in Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart. If you are a Christian here today and you are new in Jesus, then this has happened to you. If you're here today and you're not a Christian and you're like, I've never really claimed Jesus. I've never really understood this whole born again thing. I've never really gotten on board with all of that. Then listen carefully because this is what you're missing. Because God tells us, in Ezekiel, this is what will happen when you become made new. I will give you a new heart. We're not talking about, remember we said last week that being a Christian is not, is, is not a lifestyle choice. It is a new identity. As a Christian, you are not making a choice to, to have this lifestyle. It's not like, you know what, I'm going to go dairy-free for a while. That's a lifestyle choice. One I don't get. It's not what this is. This is now who you are. This is your identity. 
Okay, I will give you a new heart. You can't have a new heart and hold on to the old one. It doesn't work that way. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. That is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is going to be in you. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. I will make you a letter. I will make you this brand new thing that will speak to people. I will give you a tender, responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and you will be careful to obey my regulations. That is the new heart, and that is the letter is written on that. The letter of God is written on that heart that pours out that says, now you speak to everybody else on my behalf. And you work hard on my behalf and you let your light shine so that your good deeds will glorify your Father in heaven. This is the plan that God has given you. This is why all of this works together. And I said we were going to look at four verses. We're going to stop here. Okay, and this is where I want to park. This is what I want you to understand. We're going to ask Malia and the praise team to come up and they'll, they'll do our offering and, and they'll close us out and they'll do those things. But this is the mission right? This is what we do. Because as Christians, we've been given a new heart. That God has taken out our stubborn, stony, broken, hard heart, the thing that made us resist him, the thing that made us say yes to evil things, things that we know in our, in, in our soul are wrong, things we were not created for. Instead of saying yes to those and embracing those, God says, no, 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 I'm taking that part of you, I'm taking that heart and I'm throwing it out and I'm giving you this new responsive heart that will do something in you. And the whole reason for that is so that you will be a good translation. Because as a Christian... Clearly, you are a letter from Christ. And that letter has been written on your new heart. And you are to let your good deeds shine. Why? So that people will see them and glorify your Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much. We thank you that as the church, we are on mission to be letters from Christ. And the letter from Christ clearly says this, that God is in heaven and through Christ Jesus, he is no longer counting people's sins against them, but instead he is offering this free gift of grace for all those that will choose to follow him. So we are ambassadors of that grace. And you have chosen to write that letter on our hearts and you have chosen to give us the opportunity to show it to people, to share that letter with people, to, to give it to them through our actions and our words and our love and our hearts. So God, help us to do that well. We love you. We praise you. Amen.